Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. John Prado, National Major League Baseball columnist, joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing these days, John? I'm doing good, Jody. How are you? Good. Uh, thanks for a couple minutes. Appreciate your hopping on. Uh, they named the rest of the All-Star team after they uh, came out with the starters earlier this week. They rounded out, out the rosters. Everyone has to have at least one. Each team has to have at least one player. Um, so there are a couple of guys where you go, wait a minute, isn't there somebody better than him? Um, all in all, I don't think it was that bad. Were there any massive oversights in your eyes? No, there, were, there was nothing that really jumped out at me Uh is somebody like just say, wow, how in the world did that guy not make the team? Uh, you know, I thought the fans did a pretty good job of picking the starters. I think you can make a, a pretty good case that just about everybody that was voted in uh, should be there as a starter or certainly at least a reserve. And, uh, you know, you're always going to have some guys left off because, like you said, each team needs to have a player. And, and usually there's more candidates than roster spots. But, but again, nobody glaring where I just looked at that roster and it just jumped off the page saying, wow, how isn't that guy there? Right. Uh, the one I brought up earlier was I thought uh, uh, Justin Turner from the Dodgers, he almost won the vote against Nolan Arenado, and they went with Chris Bryant. Bryant and Turner's numbers were both uh, eerily similar, as a matter of fact, uh, but they decided to go with Bryant maybe because they got a b- bunch of Dodgers on the team already. Uh, so I think that might have had some kind of an influence in it. Um they moved this all-star game coming up from Atlanta and took it to Colorado for political reasons. I'm not a big fan of that. I don't think uh, for something like the all-star game, that's where you take your stand, but baseball decided to do it. Uh, did you have an issue when they moved it out of Atlanta? Did you think they had to move it out of Atlanta and move it to Colorado? What was your uh, thoughts on that at the time when they made that call? You know, I, I understood what Major League Baseball's thinking is, but I don't necessarily agree with it. I I, I hate to see, you know, politics enter into this and in the all-star game and where it's going to be played. And I realize in today's world, politics enters into every little thing uh, that goes on in life. But I uh, I, I didn't like it. I, I feel bad for the people of Atlanta. I mean, especially the merchants are going to miss out on making millions of dollars with the hotel rooms and, you know, rental cars, air, you know, airport, you know, the whole thing, people eating in restaurants, buying merchandise, uh, you know, that's, it's a big blow to Atlanta, to a lot of innocent people who had nothing to do with changing a voting law. They're just, uh, you know, regular working class people. Uh, 
So, no, I, I didn't particularly like it. I mean, it's not like I was irate about it, but, but I certainly didn't like it. it. It didn't sit real well with me. One of the things I like about All-Star Weekend, which it really isn't because it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but they call it All-Star Weekend, All-Star Week, uh, if I'm misnaming it, um, is the uh, Home Run Derby on the Monday prior to the game played on Tuesday. But I'm a little bummed about the Home Run Derby this year because two of the most prolific home run hitters in the game, in the two juniors, uh, Fernando Tatis and Vlad Guerrero, both decided to pass. They're both going to play in the All-Star game. They should. They're starting, and you want to showcase your great young talent. Well, I think of the Home Run Derby as that as well the night before, but they both decided to beg off. Did they do the game a disservice? Did they do themselves a disservice? I think both. I, I think both, Jody. I think certainly the game. I, I think, you know, what the players have to understand is uh, people want to see star players in any sport. That's how it is, and and, and the fans want to see those two guys in the home run derby. I mean, Guerrero was in the one in Cleveland, the last derby there was two years ago in 2019. And even though Pete Alonso from the Mets ended up winning it, Guerrero put on a show. and He was the star of that show that night in Cleveland, some of the bombs he hit. And I think, you know, Fernando Tatis, you, you make a pretty good case as the most popular player in baseball right now, certainly with the younger fans, which is Major League Baseball is trying to uh, – Win, uh, win over the younger crowd. And, uh, you know, uh, I know you can't force a player to be in it, uh, certainly, but I do think Major League Baseball needs to maybe twist some arms a little bit more and make sure that all the brightest stars, all the biggest power hitters are, are in that event because it's still a fun event regardless of who's in it. But, boy, you really want star power because, to be quite honest, a lot of people pay as much or more attention to the home run derby on Monday night than they do the actual game on Tuesday night. Exactly right. Uh, and even though Shohei Otani is going to participate and he is your home run leader at uh, as we sneak up here, we're not even to the all-star break. He's on pace to be a potential home uh, 60 home run guy because he is 31st today just after the Angels got to the midway point. I, I don't think he's going to be the fan favorite. They decided to put a Colorado guy in there. It is going to be Trevor Story, who is not having a great power year, but the hometown guy always seems to win over the crowd, understandably so. And if not him, Trey Mancini, I think, is going to get a lot of backing from the crowd because I think we'll have educated fans in the game who know that Trey missed all of last year, uh, fighting back cancer, and has now come back and having a damn good year for the Orioles. Who do you think the crowd's going to root for? Uh, I, I think Story. I, I think there'll be some emotion there. I, you know, he's a free agent. Uh, will become a free agent at the end of the year, and uh, there seems to be little to uh, no chance that the Rockies are going to re-sign him. They haven't had any talks, and it would seem, though the Rockies no, not currently don't have a GM to uh, speak for themselves. But it would seem to me whoever is getting hired as the GM there is going to have to, if not rebuild, certainly retool that team so i think this is going to be trevor Story's last year there he's a popular player he's never been a controversial guy to alienate the fans or anything so i would think the fans are going to be behind him as kind of a big send-off out of colorado a, a good way to go out because certainly the rockies aren't going to make the playoffs so that would be the next best thing for him to win the home run derby and uh, he is a very popular man in the, in the uh, rocky mountain region Understood. All right, let me run three guys by you that uh, I think have 
are sitting on uh, big second half, so they better be if they want to get big paydays at the end of the season. A lot of uh, attention was given to them coming into the season because they are potential free agents at the end of it. Corey Seager of the Dodgers, uh, Trevor Story of the Rockies, and Javi Baez of the Cubs. All free agents at the end of the year, all all-star level talent shortstops, all having mediocre at best first halves. Did any of them, did one of them, did a couple of them make a mistake at not taking offers prior to this year and playing them out? Are they costing themselves money? Or do you think, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Come free agent time, end of the year, somebody's going to blatantly pay these guys uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. I think they're all going to get paid. Uh, they may have cost <laughs> themselves some money but by not signing, but I don't think a whole lot. I think they all have track records, uh, fairly lengthy track records now in the big leagues. And, uh, you know, Corey Seager has been hurt, and obviously he's hurt his bargaining position a little bit. But boy, you, you, you talk to scouts, you talk to executives, you talk to agents, people really in tune with markets and things like that. And they really believe, even though Seager has not played all that much this year, he's going to be the one of the four. Uh, you can throw Carlos Correa in there, too who will probably oh, shoot, yeah. get the most money. So I, I think, uh, you know, they may have cost themselves some money, but, but I don't think a, uh, a great amount. I, I think there's going to be a market for, for all four of those players. Correa is the only one out of the bunch who actually did get named to the All-Star team. All right, I got Sunday night baseball on my TV here in the background. Yankees are leading the Mets, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the game because – I don't know who's coming in to close the game for the Yankees. Araldis Chapman, one month ago, had an ERA under 0.4. Not under 4, 0.4. He had been completely untouchable. And after today's uh, game against the Mets, in which he didn't register it out and gave up three runs, his ERA has gone to almost 5. What are the Yankees going to do at the back end of their bullpen? Well, they're going to have to hope Zach Britton gets healthy in a hurry. He, you know, he missed. Uh, he had the elbow surgery, arthroscopic, not the Tommy John type surgery. Uh, missed the first couple months of the season, came back and, and pitched in a few games. Then he strained his hamstring. As Britton does have closing experience in Baltimore, and he, he did some closing, uh, you know, last year when Rose Chapman was hurt early in the uh, shortened season last year in 2020. So he's their best alternate closer option beyond that there's really nobody in that bullpen that, that has ever closed or you would really have a lot of confidence to think maybe they could close if given the opportunity so you know they really need to get Chapman right because I mean obviously as you know Jody when he's right he's as good as any closer in the game and uh, you know you wonder maybe is it a physical thing at this point you know maybe it's just a mental block maybe he's just had some bad luck but whatever it is they definitely need to get him on track. I mean, they're already falling pretty far off the pace in the American League East, and uh, the last thing they can do uh, afford is to have him uh, go bad for the rest of the season. Ten and a half games by the Red Sox, who won again today, won nothing, so that cost the Yankees a game. We'll see if they can get a half game back here with the second game against the Mets. And they're behind in the wild card race as well. I know Hal Steinbrenner, uh, Yankees owner, came out this week and said, um, I think Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone are still doing their job. If we need to upgrade, I'll go past the luxury tax if that's what we've got to do with the trade deadline. But if the standings don't dictate it, 
I don't think they're going to do it, despite how making that statement this week. Brian Cashman has, in previous years, actually been a seller, not a buyer, which I know absolutely infuriated Yankee fans, but it was actually a smart thing to do when they got Gleyber Torres for Araldo uh, uh, Chapman, who they ended up re-signing anyway. And what did your crystal ball say three-plus weeks out from the trade deadline? Yankees going to be buyers or sellers? I tell you, the way it's going, Jody, I, I think they're going to be sellers. I mean, if they're going to turn around, they better do it like now, like this last week before the All-Star break. Like you said, they're 10 and a half out right now. If they lose this game tonight, they're 11 out. And that's pretty uh, pretty big uh, deficit to make up with the 80, you know, about 80 games, 75, 80 games left in the season. So, yeah, I can see them selling. And, you know, maybe uh, I know what Hal Steinbrenner said, but if it makes sense, and they can get some decent young talent for guys that they probably aren't going to re-sign anyway, then I think they need to think about it. And I think Brian Cashman, uh, like you said, he's proven before, he can uh, he can make those trades too. You think of the Yankees always making the big acquisition instead of trading a big guy. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it could happen. And I, I just don't think this Yankee team's going to make the playoffs this year, Jody. They just There's something missing there. There's something wrong in the – you know, they've had over half a season to try to get on track, and they still haven't. And they look as far off track now as they've had all season. All right, let's take a quick peek at all the divisions of baseball. We'll get out of the American League uh, East. Central, the White Sox have stretched open to a six-game lead over the Indians. Indians had been uh, hanging tough, but they just got swept the series by the Astros. Uh, are the White Sox just going to open this up and, and cruise to a AL Central victory? Yeah, I, I think so, Jody. I, I think they have the better team. I, you know, I'll give the Indians credit. They've hung in there for a long time with uh, with not a whole lot of talent, and they have a lot of guys hurt, and I think it's a tribute to Terry Francona that they've hung in there as well as they have. He's you know one of the very best managers in the game. But, yeah, the White Sox, they've had their issues injury. They've lost uh, Luis Robert, their center fielder. They haven't had Eloy Jimenez, their left fielder, all year, and uh, – those guys are, are starting to slowly work their way back uh, with uh, in their rehabs. And if they get those two back on top of what they've already done this year, uh, it's going to be hard for anybody to catch them. And, uh, yeah, I'd be really, really surprised if the White Sox don't win that division. I was surprised by how many people rode off the Oakland A's before the year started, uh, saying that the Angels uh, were the team that had the best chance at topping the Astros. The A's have actually spent more time in first place than the Astros, but with the hot week Houston had, they've jumped out in front and they're up by three and a half games. I still think the Astros are a playoff team that they can either win that division and or a wild card. Uh, did you like the the uh, eight? Excuse me, I keep saying uh, Astros. I meant the A's. Do you like the A's chances now? Did you like them at the beginning of the year? What do you think, Oakland? Yeah, I thought. I know when we talked early, uh, right before the end of spring training, we had talked about the A's, and that was the team we both thought were being written off a little okay. too soon. That's what I thought. But the Astros are better than I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to be good. I didn't think their pitching would be as good as it's been. They've had a lot of young kids. Uh, really step up in the back end of the rotation and in the bullpen, and, and their pitching's uh, very good. They're going to score runs. they got a lot of good hitters, and they play in the hitters' ballpark. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting, though. The Angels have done more than tread water since Mike Trout got hurt a couple months ago. And if he gets back in the lineup and he becomes Mike Trout again, and if they can add some pitching before the end of the month at the deadline, I think the Angels might make some noise there, too. But 
but I think the I think the Astros will, will hold off the A's and the Angels and win that division. John Parado talking Major League Baseball with us here on CBS Sports Radio. Um, Mets and Braves now sit one two in the NL East, and that doesn't surprise shouldn't surprise anybody because I thought they were the two best teams uh, during the off season. The Nationals and Phillies are hanging in there because the Mets haven't run away and hid. Uh, they're just uh, Nationals a half game behind the Braves, Phillies a game behind the Braves. The thing that surprises me, Mets are the only team over 500. I thought this was going to be a competitive division, but because all the teams would be somewhere between 83 and 91 wins, it uh, doesn't look like uh, any of them are getting above 500. They're not above 500 now, the Nats and the Phillies. Is this going to turn into a multi-team race, or is it going to be Mets and Braves, uh, the top two battling all the way till late September? I, I suspect the Mets and Braves, though. Uh, I, I like the Nationals. I, I think uh, the Nationals, if they can get their bullpen healthy, and right now they're missing three key relievers, I think the Nats could hang in there. But, uh, you know, the thing I, where I think the Mets are really dangerous is they, they're 29th among the 30 major league teams and runs scored this year, yet they're still winning their division. And now they got McNeil back. They got, you know, Conforto's been back for a couple weeks. They, they got Brandon Nimmo back the other day. Francisco Lindor's finally starting to hit. And I could re- really see that offense perk up. And, you know, I know they've had some injuries to the pitching staff, but you got an owner that has deep pockets. It's his first year as an owner of a team. He wants to win really badly. And I think they'll spare no expense at the trade deadline to get whatever they feel they need to win the division. And I think, uh, opening that checkbook and writing some checks uh, gives them the edge over the other teams in that division. Yeah, the rumors about them have an interest in Josh Donaldson. Twin, twins are going to be sellers if they could add him to play third base. I think that would be a big boost to their uh, offense. We'll agree on that one. Hey, I did not see the Brewers run away in hiding in the National League Central. Uh, I knew Corbin Burns was a good pitcher. This good? All right, maybe not. I knew Woodward was a good pitcher, but this good? Uh, maybe not. Um, knew they had a good bullpen, but damn, it's as good as it was, if not better than last year. And all of a sudden, they're hitting again. Did Willie Adamas make that big a difference to kickstart them to run away and hide and get up by seven games in the Central? Boy, sure. He's played a big role in it. And I'll be honest, when they traded for him, I thought, okay, he's a decent little player. I, I didn't think he was going to be a, a big difference maker, uh, you know, they, they do have great pitching, though, and and they and like you said, they've been hitting, and they've really hit for the last month now after a, really a t- terrible start. Uh, they got shut out six times in their, like, first 35, 40 games. Uh, I tell you what the secret weapon for me is of Milwaukee, and nobody ever talks about this, is Craig Council, the manager. He has a real knack for when to deploy players, how to make out the lineup, when to rest guys, get the best matchups, pinch hitters off the bench. He really runs the bullpen well, and I think Craig Council is one of the best managers, the best-kept secret manager in the game. And I think, uh, you know, they're always going to exceed the sum of their parts because of Craig Council, and uh, that's why I feel I don't think this is a fluke, and they've built too big of a lead now in the division to say, oh, they're just a fluke. I mean, they may not win the division by eight, nine, ten games, but I think certainly they are in the driver's seat, and now you wonder, will the Cubs become sellers now that they're eight and a half out? And if they do, I don't know if any other team can really challenge them. I'm I'm not a big uh, Cardinals guy. They have disappointed me a lot, and I 
I mean, the Reds are okay, but I just don't see the Reds having enough talent to win that division. Nor do I. I think Milwaukee is in a great position as of right now. All right, maybe the most fun division to look at, at least in my eyes, is the NL West. I did not have the San Francisco Giants getting off to a good start. I surely didn't have them keeping it up. I didn't have them in first place on July 4th, which as of right now, they're tied for first. But uh, splitting hairs here, they've had a phenomenal first half of the season at 52-30. and 30. Did And I watched Gabe Kaplan manage the last couple of years in Philadelphia, and I would scratch my head more than I would say, at a guy, I just thought he was woefully overmatched. Um, what kicked in with the Giants? How much credit should Kapler be getting for this to be the uh, surprise team in Major League Baseball so far? You know, I will say this about Kapler, and I agree with you. He was certainly overmatched in Philly, his first uh, first shot at being a big league manager. But I think he learned from it. I, I really do. You look at how he's run that club in San Francisco, and he doesn't make nearly the tactical mistakes he did during his two years in Philly. And I'm not necessarily sure that he has better talent in San Francisco than Philly either. I think he probably could make a point he has a little less talent. I think it's a better fit for him organizationally. The Giants with Farhan Zaidi ever since he took over as president of the baseball operations, they become uh, more analytics-driven. And I think that meshes well with Kapler's kind of new-age thinking. And, uh, you know, I'll give him credit, like with Craig Council, for whatever magic touch he's had, which he didn't have in Philly, he certainly had in San Francisco, and he's another guy who's getting the most out of these players. You look at some of these pitchers, Kevin Gosman, Anthony DiScofani, they're having two, two of the best seasons, of their, the best seasons of their careers. And these guys have been in the big league six, seven, eight years. Uh, you know, they, they took a guy like Mike Yastrzemski uh, out of the Orioles' farm system, spent eight years in the minors, never got a taste in the majors. He's become uh, one of the better right fielders in the National League. So, uh, you know, give the Giants credit. I thought they needed to rebuild two years ago, Jody. I mean, they had a lot of older guys, a lot of big contracts. Looked like they were going nowhere. And, uh, you know, here they almost made the playoffs last year. And here they are, uh, at, at, you know, a week before the All-Star break with the best record in the majors. So, uh, you know, I've got to give them credit. I didn't see them coming either. I thought they would be okay, but uh, I certainly didn't think they'd have the best record in the big leagues at this juncture. They stayed the course, and they've made it work with their veteran guys. All right, and the flip side to that, I'm a Tory Lovello fan. Um, my father knew him when he was in the Tiger organization as a player. I've met him a bunch of times. I've had him on the show as a guest a whole bunch of times, too, and he's a class guy. And my father told me when he was still a player, he was going to be a great manager. And he's had some success in Arizona. They're 23-62. and 62. They set an all-time record for road losses in a row. How is he still employed? And I feel really bad saying this because I like Tory, but you can't have the kind of run that he's had and still have your job. How is he still the manager of the Diamondbacks? I think for some of the things you just said, Jody, he's so well-respected. He's so well-regarded that I think ownership has looked at that and said, this can't be Tory Lobello's fault. He's just too good to be this bad of a manager. And I, I think that saved him. I, I think, you know, I, I've got to know Tory a little, certainly not as well as, or as long as you have. But Tory's a very, very impressive guy. I mean, uh, no doubt. I think anybody in baseball who knows him, I, I've never heard anyone utter a bad word about the guy ever. And uh, I don't know. But, I, I, yeah, it is surprising that, that he's still the manager. But I think he is just such an impressive person that that saved his job there. 
Yeah, and if he does get fired, I think he'll get another shot because I am telling you, he's a good manager, oh, but yeah. it's unbelievable how badly they're playing right now. And by the way, we had, I got to answer one of the questions I asked you, who's going to close for the Yankees? Chad Green came in, struck out the side in the top of the seventh tonight against the Mets, mm-hmm. so the Yankees did get off their schneid and might just be Chad Green as their new closer. Hey, uh, John, great stuff. Always love talking baseball with you. Appreciate it. I'll give you a buzz again in a month or so when we get past the All-Star our break maybe leading up to the trade deadline. Thanks for coming out with me tonight. Well, I look forward to it, Jody. Thanks for having me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.